Are you struggling to make your first 100K or next? Are you pretending you're successful, but barely getting by? Are you tired of comparing yourself to millionaires and billionaires who make it look so easy? Welcome to First 100K, the number one entrepreneur voice in America. I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like how to make your first $100,000, because I believe this is where 90% of entrepreneurs get stuck. And I tackle the mental game of entrepreneurship that we all secretly struggle with but won't admit. My guests are successful entrepreneurs who share their mistakes, their number one fears, their daily habits, and their superpowers that push them over the 100K mark. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a 10-time failed entrepreneur and the owner of two co-working spaces here in Tampa, Florida. This show was created for you, the entrepreneur who's pushing to break through the elusive 100K milestone. Wherever you are in your business, you're just 100K away. Today, my featured guest is Anthony Sarandria. You can find him at pocketyourdollars.com, pocketyourdollars.com. Now, Anthony has over 1 million customers each year. He spends six figures a day in ads. His company was featured last week on The Helen Show. He's a Forbes featured entrepreneur, a motivational speaker, a world traveler, and a philanthropist. He resides in Scottsdale, Arizona, USA. And Anthony, I wanted to welcome you to your first 100K, top 100 podcast in entrepreneurship. Go ahead and just take 30 seconds, fill in some of the gaps in that powerful intro that makes us all want to get to know you more. Joseph, I appreciate it, brother. I'm really excited to be here. I love your Catholic background and of course the entrepreneurship community. So super excited to chat. Yeah, to, to your point, you know, we spend a significant amount on paid ads, We've got a few celebrity partners and Really, um, we get to help uh, Americans get out of debt, uh, fix their credit score, or find the right insurance coverage. So uh, we really get to help uh, Americans save money or, or, or put more money back in their pocket through different uh, financial insurance products. So uh, uh, we're on fire with what we're doing. We love it. That's pretty awesome. Now, you know, I'm looking at you here on screen, and you're this young guy, I'm guessing 20-something, yet you're representing this brand that you would picture, say, a baby boomer running. Um, because you're serving baby boomers, really. So, like, is that a little secret that you keep from everybody, or 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 what is that? Why is your face not plastered all over your brand? Sure. Yeah, I think uh, I think a number of reasons. One, I don't think anyone wants to see my my ugly mug. But but two, it it, it helps. You know, I, I learned years ago when entrepreneurs, even like I'm a Tony Robbins fan, right? Like he's so tied to his brand that if he were to ever leave or try and replace himself, it, it's tough, right? It's, it, it's more difficult. So I think a lot of entrepreneurs, uh, for better or worse, start off as on the face of the brand and, you know, sometimes dig themselves a hole. And, you know, my first business was a traditional internet marketing business where companies would hire us to run their Facebook ads or Google ads or do their SEO. And I really, as I reflect on it, I was really selling myself. I wasn't selling the company as, as the person they were going to work with. So as I started to grow and hire on a lot of the things we're going to talk about here, I found it really tough for my clients to not want to work with me because I, I really sold myself. I didn't sell what the company was able to do. So taking that into this business or, or you know, volleyballing it over uh, has, has helped me forcefully stay more in the background and make it more about the company and the team and what we're doing. And that's really who's, who's driving the mechanics of, the, of everything we do today is the team, not, not me. Now, I really get that. However, many entrepreneurs, like you said, they 
they would rather be the face of the company and they're creating a personal brand and some of them do really well. Yeah, of course. Right. You got some big names out there. You mentioned Tony Robbins as one Dave Ramsey is another. So why is it better not to have your face on the brand going out uh, versus building that personal brand that is all about your face and people are willing to pay higher ticket prices to work specifically with you and get access to you. For sure. And I, I think first I'll correct that statement. I wouldn't say it's better or worse. I think it maybe maybe it's just different priorities. I think um, or or or, uh, or personality types, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, not that you have to be a high ego person to be in that space, but I think a lot of people want their face plastered everywhere out of an ego play. Not all, not everyone, right? Uh, but uh, you know, taking that aside and saying, what are some of the benefits of not being the face of your brand? Well, you know, one we mentioned it's the the, the scalability as you get 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 more and more if you're again we'll go back to the tony robbins or the dave ramsey he only has so many hours in the day and um you know i don't know how many team members they have or doesn't or maybe they're getting tired they want to retire they don't they want to sell the business it becomes a lot more difficult i think for you know enterprise value if you want to sell the business for instance if you're a dave ramsey i'm not sure and and you know companies will i mean we've seen it with joe rogan going back to podcasts where people will buy him but not if he leaves, not if he wants to go do something else or, or create other business. Uh, that, that business is not worth very much, the Joe Rogan show without Joe Rogan on there. So just more food for thought, I'd say, without going totally down a rabbit hole as to why yep. you may want to think about, you know, having other people be the point of contacts in your business other than you. It's so that you can you, you can disappear on a vacation for a month or a week or two weeks. And, you know, the, the things are still churning in the background and making money and people still want your company, or your brand, not necessarily you per se. But I also think you can yep. do both. I think there's a ton of entrepreneurs that, you know, take like a, we'll use Jeff, uh, Elon Musk as an example, like people, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people buy Tesla because they love Elon or, or they don't because they hate him, whatever it is, but you can make a strong argument. He's a separate brand than Tesla. A lot of people buy Tesla because of the Tesla product, whether they like or don't like Elon or don't even know about him or follow him or his tweets or anything like that. So I, I you know, short answer, I think you can run at both. Yeah. So startup nation, I think Anthony just right out the gate, just give you a ton of wisdom as to think forward uh, when it comes to scaling your business, regardless of where you are, if you hit six figures or you're about to hit seven figures or you're about to hit eight or nine figures, like, are you attached to your brand or will customers leave when you leave or are you prisoner in your own brand? Right. Really, really choose that. Go ahead, Anthony. You know, I'll say something interesting that to, to that point too, is I find a lot of people that entrepreneurs that are really attached to their brand are not as fluid with pivoting. Like I'm not mm. necessarily, and I'm not saying I'm doing it right or wrong, but I'm not necessarily as tied to the products or outcome or service because it's not me. I'm not like, no, this is my baby. And when people say, I hate your company because of X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, it doesn't sting as much. I'm not like, oh, well, I hate you too. You know, it's like, whoa, give me that feedback. I want to hear it. I want to iterate. I want to make changes around that. So there's a little bit of that, that third partiness kind of separating yourself from it. Where you're able to look at it from a, from a broader stroke and view and look at it objectively and, 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 and make a decision, you know, or, or, or make a pivot in your business. Not I'm the plumber, I'm the plumber, I'm the plumber. Well, if it's, if it's more, if it's, if it's more profitable or if it's better for the business for you to be the AC guy, you know, but your whole family knows you as the plumber, it, it, it sometimes creates a little bit of friction in, in making yeah. the pivots that the business may need. So just throwing that out there too. I get that. All right. So before we go into your entrepreneur's story, take a minute, share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. Very few people, well, very few people in my business life actually know about me. Um, I have a pretty religious, no pun intended, um, morning routine. And I listen to a ton of motivational stuff throughout the day. So I work out to motivational uh, uh, talks. I don't necessarily listen to music spend about an hour every single morning, literally talking to myself sometimes. 
Um, you know, people call it meditating or, or priming yourself for the day or praying or whatever it is. But I spend a lot of time working on my self-talk more so than just about any other category in my life. I, I, I focus on my emotional and mental health, just as most people focus on their physical health equally, if not, if not more, or their business health uh, yeah. per, per year. So Anthony, first part of the question, how long have you been doing that? And then second, what were the benefits in your business or your personal income uh, after you building this routine, this religious routine into your, your daily uh, habit, right? Your daily routine. For sure. You know, I, I'd say, you know, I was big into sports. I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs can, can relate to that competitive nature, but um, I grew up playing sports in high school and middle school and things like that. And so for me, sport, you know, basketball was my business, what it is today. So a lot of that, that self-talk or, you know, motivational listening or spending time kind of thinking about my thoughts and, and, and which sounds funny. It sounds like an oxymoron, but it's true. Thinking about my thoughts and reflecting on them uh, started really at a young age before I even wanted to be in business or, or do anything. And it, it, it was really for me to optimize how I was playing in sports um, is, is when I actually started when I really got methodical about it and really, really serious, I would say probably three or four years ago. And a lot of it came out of lost relationships, mm. uh, lost friendships, um, you know, working a hundred hour weeks and, uh, even seeing my health deteriorate my sleep, I'd say I saw more cause I've always been really into my fitness, but my sleep, which played into, you know, overall my energy and mental health and emotional health, starting to see that and feel that deteriorate. Um, you know, I hired at this point, all three of my younger brothers work, work with us and a few friends and beyond that too, we have a 30 plus team, um, uh, individuals, uh, number headcount, excuse me. Mm -hmm. But, uh, my closest brothers about 18, I think he's 18 months apart from me, team 18, somewhere in there. And our relationship really got damaged and it was really, and it was through just this narrow tunnel vision focus on growing the business and not just focusing on my overall happiness in life or looking at other categories yeah. that really, that that's when I think I woke up, I'll say for lack of better words, is, is when I started to feel my relationship with my best friend, my little brother get damaged through the business, through our business relationship and saying something's got to change here. And, uh, and that's when I think I got really serious about that, that actual whether it's goal setting or reflecting on my life, being more directed about what I wanted to do with my day, not just, you know, you know, I don't make a dollar doing this podcast, but it gives me so much intrinsic value. And if I didn't take that time to reflect on how beneficial spending time here is with you, um, I would never be doing this. I'd be, I'd be responding to emails that I'm like, I'm gonna make more money on, you know what I mean? Kind of thing. So uh, yeah, I'd say a few years ago is when it really started. And that was hopefully, you know, some of the premise. And then last second part of your question was, you know, what have I seen different in my life? Mm -hmm. Man, I have... Uh, I can quantifiably say I've seen a increase in my income, which is, which sounds funny for a lot of people that like, you know, less is more kind of feel, which is mm -hmm. um, not being a hundred hours in the weeds. It forced me to hire people around me and things around me that it might be naive. If I said, you know, my first hire was great and it was money and it was amazing. Like, no, but my first hire for a bookkeeper and she stole from me instead of saying, that's it. I knew it. I have to do everything. I said, what's my North star? It's really for me to be, have the relationship with my brother, to be happy, to be focused on other areas of my life. So let me hire another one. Right? I, think, I think that why, where a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck is they go, I was right. That, that bookkeeper was terrible. And good, pat yourself on the back. You were right. Good. But it doesn't grow your business and it doesn't grow your happiness or where you want to be in life. And again, I think that only came through reflection. So today, you know, the business has grown substantially year over year, even through COVID. I wouldn't say as substantial through COVID, but still there was growth, which I was impressed with because- 50% of my business went, went under overnight and we were able to replace it with product lines and services in about 45 days that replaced that. And a lot of that came from that step back, look, and be strategic about the decision, not just running the rat race, running the rat race, running the rat race. So yeah, massive, massive difference to my overall happiness, my 
relationships, my, my, my faith as well, too. I'll talk about that. It fell, it, it fell off very strongly. I went to Catholic school, middle school, high school. Um, and, and then as I grew my business, started growing it, I would say I'm still, you know, was a believer in, in, in God and, and religious, but I stopped going to church. I stopped praying, pray every night, every morning, I stopped praying. And I think a lot of my life fell apart through that and through mm-hmm. that, that kind of directiveness. I, I, you know, I have to give a lot of credit to my, my girlfriend as well, too, getting back to my faith, going to church, praying. And it's just, it's just been just such a, a lift, obviously, as you and your whole community knows having, having the big man in your corner. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, you know, this is a conversation that I really appreciate because you're tapping into an area that many of us as entrepreneurs uh, do not spend enough time sitting with, thinking about, contemplating, and that is our emotional health, our relational health, uh, whether it be with our, our God, our creator, our maker, uh, with our spouses, with our kids, with our good friends, with our family members, that we tend to put them to the side sometimes temporarily, so that we could go all in and hustle and grind um, and, and build this business for them, right? And, and that's, that's the reason and explanation we give ourselves. But in doing so, it's a trap and it's yeah. littered with landmines because we end up losing, breaking those relationships for the very people that we're doing it for. We, we end up losing that on that journey towards financial gain. And what I'm hearing you say is, well, Joseph, when I finally got that, I stepped back. I assessed what was happening. My brother was the, the linchpin for me. And I was like, man, what happened there? I got I to gotta stop. I got to pause. I got to step out. And then you got intentional, at least with your mornings on a yeah. daily basis. And then you ended up doing even better in business, which is so counterintuitive. And just Startup Nation for perspective, before we went live, Anthony clarified, you know, they're at 40 million a year mark here. $40 million. So we're not talking chump change here. And we're talking a guy here in his 20s running this ship with, you know, other business partners, a large team of 50. Um, and really starting at such an early age to, to check in and prioritize his relationships over his, his business, over his income. And see that if he focuses on the business and income, he loses the relationships, loses his sanity, loses everything, really. I did that in my 20s. But if he focuses on the relationships, he ends up getting both, getting it all. Anthony, what do you want to say to that? I'll say thanks for the synopsis on that, Joseph. That was that was great. Thanks for distilling that. I I, I would encourage everyone to do you know some, an exercise. I, I repeat pretty often. Take out a piece of paper and you write on top of it. What do I want? And it sounds so funny, but what do I want? Million dollars. Why? And then in the left morning, why? Next to whatever you come up with on a Lamborghini, why? Um, I want to live in a big house. Why? I want to, I want my, I want to spend. And I think when you keep, I think you question anything enough, you create clarity or doubt in it, in that initial thing. And I think you eventually get down to raw, we'll call it raw materials as a, as a, you know, as a, as a building analogy, you turn to the raw materials, which is, I want to have a stronger relationship with my kids, or I want to grow my faith or my relationship, or I want to be happy all the time. Great. Now we're getting real wise here. So when you're running after making a million dollars, it's a much different frame. It's a much different day setup. It's a much different life than the guy or gal who's running after. I want to have a solid relationship with my family. And then same thing. Well, I want to provide. I need to provide. You said that. I need to provide. How much, how much do you need for what? And I think when you start, when we start chunking these things down, it, it, you know, I, I go back to Tony Robbins. I did a seminar. I did a financial one. And this girl goes, I want to be a billionaire. And he goes, you want to be a billionaire? He goes, I love 
I love that you, that you, but for, what do you want? Give me your craziest dream life. She's like, I want five boats and I want this and I want that. And I want this. And she's going, oh, great. I want a massage every day. I want all this. And he goes, that's your insane, perfect life, right? Give me more, give me more, pull more out of more. And he goes, look, you need, you know, for her, it was insane, but $50 million that compounds at 5% every year in the stock market. So it was the example was like this lady's life. She like was like, I want a jet. I want this. And he's like, this is really what you need. So for all of us who are like doing this for my kids, you're lying to yourself. You, it, the intention's correct, but your actions are not actually for your kids. They probably want a dad or a mom who are there more that don't live in a million dollar home. They live in a $600,000 home, you know? And as an example, and I, I'm blessed enough that my business grew, my income grew. And I believe for a lot of people listening, it will too, when you take that step back and you focus on the right whys, because now when I'm working 10, 12 hour days, my why is different. And my action, what I'm doing is different. It's not head down trying to, you know, how do I squeeze the most money out of this, which, you, you know, usually you end up shooting yourself in the foot, I think too, when you're, when you're coming from that frame, but spending that time actually distilling why, 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 what, how much in what, and just getting so crystal clear. I know the exact dollar amount I need to have in my net worth to never work again, to have my exact, like down to that clarity. I know exactly what a perfect week looks like in my relationship. I know I need to have a date night that spends hours with them. I know I need to ask my girlfriend about what, what, you know, what got her, what she worked on this week, what got her excited. I need to be get curious about skincare routine. Cause that's a huge passion. Like I'm so crystal clear on what I want and what I actually need to do to get there. And I think you know, I forget it was some philosopher. I forget it was just like unhappiness is nothing more than an undirected life. And I think that's my biggest pitch to everyone here is take control of your life and be directed. Don't listen to the world telling you you need to be a millionaire to be happy or you need to drive a Lamborghini. Some of the richest friends I have are some of the least happy people on the entire planet. And I think the sooner at growing your business and starting that, you can understand that. Some businesses that are under a million dollars, under a hundred thousand dollars, those entrepreneurs, some of them may be infinitely more happy than the entrepreneurs that are running billion dollar companies and saying, what, what do I actually want out of my life? And what do I want here? Business is nothing more than a thing to keep us busy during the day between seeing our family and, and waking up. Like for, that's it. That's all. What are we really doing here? We're doing something to keep us busy, hopefully being able to change the world in between the two. And I think this, we look at it that, that frame versus gets back to that person, right? Personal, personally being invested into it versus like, this is my life. This is my every, your business is not your life. Your business, my workout is not my life. My relationship is not my life. Like my relationship with God, that's, you know, number one priority. And my life is my life. And that relationship is, it should be prioritized overall. So, you know, looking at business again, nothing is more than something that that's fun that keeps us busy between the day. It's a much different frame that I need to make a million dollars. Why? For what? How much do you really need? For why? Do you really need that? Do I really need it? And asking those questions, I think you'll find a lot of clarity and your day gets a lot more clear on, I should cancel that meeting. I shouldn't do this initiative. I should focus more on this instead of this. You know what I mean? It starts getting a lot more clear when you know what you're actually running after. Startup Nation, Anthony Sarandria is dropping some wisdom on you and he's doing it from a, a place of personal experience. Yeah. He went through the pain. He went through the adversity. Everything he's saying, I resonate with because I went through that in my 20s. Then I went through it in my 30s. Yay, repeat, right? Because I was stubborn and I'm a little control freak, kind of like you listening right now. So when it, what are you going to wait for? Your 40s, your 50s, your 70s? When are you going to stop, step back and assess and ask yourself the golden question? Is it working or is it not working? See, there's no blame in that question. It's just what's so. Is it working or not working? That relationship with your spouse, with this person. And get clear on that. And then what do you actually want? To Anthony's point. 
Why do you want it? And drill at least seven layers deep, seven Ys deep. And you'll probably end up the same place Anthony ended up. I ended up because I just want to be happy, darn it. That's all I want. I just want to be happy. Okay. Well, what does happiness look like? Well, it's time with my wife and my little baby girl. Great. Let's start with that as the target. Let's start with that as the goal, not the leftovers. That shouldn't be the leftovers of your life. That should be the target. All right. So Anthony, thank you for going there. That's a mindset reset for a lot of my listeners right now. For one listener out there specifically, Anthony was speaking directly to you and you know it. You know it. You've been praying about this. You've been muddling in your head about these very questions. You just didn't know how to articulate it. You didn't know the step to take. Now you do. So on behalf of Anthony and myself, we took away your excuses, your reasons, your explanations. You're welcome. Now take the darn bleep in action that's going to create workability in your life or don't and stop complaining to everybody. Your life's not working. That's on you. <laughs> All right, that was my speech. Anthony, let's get into practical, tactical business advice. My audience always wants to know from entrepreneurs, successful entrepreneurs like you, doing 40 million a year. You have over 300,000 followers on Instagram. You're in your 20s, dude. Sorry to keep bringing that up, but that's, that's a real massive achievement. You're getting your priorities right at a very young age. Your life is working. Your relationships are working. And my audience wants to know, what are your top three tips and strategies that they can do mm-hmm. to make their first 100K or their first you know, seven figures to push them forward the way you did? They go and prioritize their life. Then what? Like, What are tactical, practical marketing, sales? What do you got for them? Yeah, I'd say, I'd say there's a few. Um, first one is it, it's more theoretical and then I'll get tactical. Theoretical is, is uh, fail fast. So Listen to that for a second. What I mean by that fail fast means a lot of us, again, especially at the early stages, we have this baby of a product or a service, an idea, and it's got to be perfect. And we're just holding it and we're not showing many people. And we're just scared that, you know, I call it the mom effect. Just, mom, look, she goes, that's the best thing I've ever seen. She goes, I knew. Thank you. And you take it away. And then, you, you know, and, and you don't get to market fast enough. You don't get something who, that's a four out of 10 to market and start, start getting it out in front of people and getting rapid feedback and changing and adjusting and going from the plumber to the AC guy to, you know, using that and that. Like, just, just get, just movement quick and not being tied to where the ball lands, right? Throw the ball, right? Like throw the dart is a better, better, better terminology. So fail fast, I feel like is something that specifically myself in my first, you know, hundred K I, I wasn't great at failing fast. I, I, I thought everything had to look perfect and be perfect. Um, more tactical than that. I would, regardless of your size right now, I would look at who are the biggest companies in your space. And I would see, um, I believe it's a crunch base shows you who helped raise money for them or sold the company or bought the company. This is, this is actually advice for myself. I'm only recently taking, I wish I, I wish I had done early, early contact different investment bankers that sell companies. Like again, focus on that, that, the outcome, the, the end so have sold or sell companies similar to yours and get on the phone with them, get a meeting with them and ask them what you can do to engineer your company to be better than the darling in your space, whatever that looks like. It, it's crazy. The amount of insights uh, connections and relationships I've made from talking to investment bankers, not even considering selling my business, just learning what I'm doing wrong, what I could be doing better than making email intros to me, me talking to founders of companies that are bigger than mine, just because for them, selfishly, they eventually want you to get there and then sell through them. But for you, you're getting the answers to the test as you're about to just start playing it. Like that's so incredible. It's such incredible wisdom that can be applied to no matter what space you're in. So um, another tactical mark is 
is um, hire around jobs that you don't like doing the most that aren't closest to actual revenue or money. And, I, and this, this is something that's interesting for me. And I'm going to actually piggyback that or pause that comment I just made and, and, and replace it with one, which is, you know, a lot of my friends that are run a company, you know, zero to hundred K around there. A lot of times, if they're not marketing or salespeople, they use that as a bias for non-action around marketing and sales. Sales cures all. You could have the worst product on the planet. And if, if that thing's selling, you, you have money and you have resources really to make iterations and changes around it. So taking that to heart, if you're in, if I'm talking to you right now and you're the engineer or I'm just the coder or I'm the product guy, I'm the product guy, there are incredible products that you and I have never seen better than, better than what's out there on the market because they haven't been able to have been sold or marketed correctly. So I'm a big believer in knowing everything well enough to hire for it, even if you can't afford to hire for it today. So I, I, I can code. I'm like a three out of 10 coder. I'm like a three out of 10 bookkeeper. Like I'm okay. But getting rid of that, that fallacy, if you're not a marketer or a salesperson that uh, I'll hire, I'll find someone for that. Start understanding, learning, and educating yourself enough on how marketing works and sales works to start gaining traction there. So I, I really believe how that's so incredibly important from zero to we'll call it a million, even how important it is for you, for you to be as close to the money as possible, which is sales and marketing, in my opinion, and, and try and spend as little time around product. I know that sounds crazy, but as little time around product, as much time around sales and marketing, even if you're the product guy right now or girl, I think that's so important and it's, and it's, it's microscopically important at that, at this, at this size of company that you're at today. And then, you know, back, I'll just circle right back to the uh, hire for jobs that, that you don't like. I mean, I'm talking an intern at a college uh, can, can do your, your uh, comment moderation on your Facebook page. Like I'm, I'm just making stuff up, right? Like get, get re- the ultimate resources is, is being resourceful. It's resourcefulness is ultimate resource. So how can I get resourceful? Can I hire, you know, for myself, like a part-time CFL, maybe, maybe zero to hundred is too small for that, but, but something that's just minimal. Can I get a bookkeeper to help me for three hours a week at an hourly rate? Like where can I find this? Where, where would one find a videographer that's willing to do this for 50 bucks to film YouTube videos of me talking or something like that? Like, where can I find Craigslist? Well, maybe I'll try Craigslist. Maybe I'll, I'll go to the, the, the university job board around the corner, like get resourceful and start learning how to, to there's a great book called the E-Myth if, if um, listeners haven't heard it, but it's basically a book that talks about a baker who's a great baker. And she is told over and over again, how she should open up her own shop. And it talks about how we, all of us, there, there's the technician, AKA the baker, the manager, the one kind of managing all the parts and being in the weeds. And then the entrepreneur, that's the one looking up and saying, what space should I be in? What product should we sell? How should we like the strategy, right? The strategist and talks about how those are really three different skill sets that we all need to learn. Most of us at a zero to hundred K rate, including myself have, were great technicians. I was one heck of a media buyer on Google ads. I could, I could buy Google ads better than anyone I knew. I was so good. And so everyone naturally said, Oh, you should create your own company. So, okay, let's do it. I had to learn the skill of being a manager. And I think even if that's with interns or that start learning that skill and a lot of things, as, as you know, you, Books are great. Hands-on experience, at least for myself, is the best teacher of them all. It, 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 you, know, you can read till you're blue in the face on how to be a good manager. You'll never know how to manage a Gen Z person who looks up at you and curses at you. you know, I, that wasn't in the book. I don't, I don't know how they did that. Or, or yeah, I'm talking to them and they're doing this. What? What? You know, like, Looking down I, at their phone. I wasn't, I wasn't, in, the, I wasn't in the book. So yeah. you know, learning that and going through that. So, so anyway, start learning how to be a manager, even if it's through free work or internship. And learn how to navigate through your own psychology of frustrations. Well, they sucked at this. They were great at this. Oh, I didn't like this. I love this. Start learning that even for free. Talk to investment investment bankers or mentors or reaching out to people that have been where you want to be. Not just a mentor, not just someone who's in business, who's doing your exact business at, at, 
at bigger scale. Uh, and then, and then, and then three, and I'm biased. I have a marketing background, but I truly believe it is microscopically or magnified importance to get as close to sales and marketing, even if you're the product guy or gal right now, and to start, start putting a disproportionate amount of your time, energy, money, and resources in that category versus product. Product feels safe and good, especially if you're a product person. And I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. If you're a product person, it feels safe and good to invest your time, money, and energy into coming up with the best pillow. I want the best pillow on the planet. If this is locked away in a drawer and nobody sees it, no one's ever going to get to experience the pillow. So learning how to get the pillow in front of people and then being able to put it with the right feathers and have the right coat, you know, color scheme, whatever that, 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 that's almost like stage one B in my opinion. And I think most people listening aren't at the, they're spending, they should flip flop it. Whatever you're spending in, in product and, and marketing and sales, you, I, I would say just absolutely turn it on its head. And I think, I think you'll, you know, it'll be challenging at first, but I think you'll, you'll see that just, you know, just exponentially help the business get to where you want it to be. Anthony, I couldn't uh, agree with you more on the sales and marketing side of things. And I also get how uncomfortable it is for specialists, you know, that they just do the product thing. Uh, That being said, what medium, if you could pick one, would you say is the hottest right now for uh, my listener to invest into their sales and marketing, whether it be paid or organic? Yeah, it's a great question. And it it varies so much uh, industry to industry. Generally speaking, you're talking about paid advertisements. Um, paid social, where I guess if I'm answering it from experience, where do I spend the most of my money? It's on paid social media, specifically Facebook and Instagram. And uh, their algorithms are incredible. Um, so you can target exactly who you want. You can load up a customer list of customers you already had and say something called lookalike audiences, go find me more of these people. Um, I think through that process, you'll start creating a lot of good organic content too that you can share. Meaning if I'm selling um, pillows again, right? We'll just use this as an example. Okay, so I'm going to target everyone who loves, uh, you know, good housekeeping magazine, or targets everyone who loves whatever. Uh, um, that doesn't matter. You're, you're catching my drift. Something, something around that demo. Great. Now I want to create a video of uh, probably a woman. I'm guessing, uh, holding up my pillow, talking about how it changed her life and how it just brought her room together and how it's the softest thing she ever slept on and how she actually has less stress because she's getting better sleep and like hitting on all these pain points. And I think through that video creation process and uploading that as an ad, you're, you're one going to start learning what your demo actually likes in the comment section. They're going to say what they do don't like about it. Oh, this looks so cheesy. It looks fake. God, I got to get a more authentic person. Like, I hate that towel color pillow. Okay. Well, I'm going to do, you know, you start, it's like, it's like free survey really. Um, But you also start learning how to speak to a niche demographic for your product. So we all have, you know, my customer is every American with a credit score under 800. Well, great. Okay. So everyone, great. That feels good to say, but who really, really needs my service? Someone trying to refinance their home or get approved for a loan or a car. That's someone who needs to have a good credit score right now. They need it right, right now. Got it. Okay. So how do I talk to that person? Who's the main person that's looking to get approved or refi their home? It's a male. Interesting. Cause it's a male product. Okay. Got it. Okay. Now I'm chunking it down. Now I want a male talking in front of a house talking about how he got denied, but within a few months he was able to go through this program and actually get approved. And now they're not only in their dream home, but they're making, he's got more disposable income and he's showing the cash. Right. And it's like that. I'm just did that off the top of my head, what that is, but it's like, it's really like that understanding of your demo is going to, is going to help you be successful on these platforms. And, and I'd even get more, I'd even get more drilled down to here. I'd say I target Christians that are male. And I would say, you know, I'm a Christian man. And I prayed that my debts were gone, you know, and like, literally it's so, if someone was like, Hey, are you, are you a Scottsdale, Arizona male that loves basketball that is thinking about going on a run later? I'd be like, 
what me let me stop my scroll you know what i mean kind of thing and it's like i don't even care at this point what you're selling you're talking you're talking to me and i think that drilled down conversation is very applicable and available on a paid social media channel even for a few hundred bucks a month um to start getting your feet wet and learning how this works and no you're not gonna be a millionaire overnight spending that probably gonna lose money out of the gate but you're gonna start picking up these intangible information and skills around that or eventually you're going to hit a vein of gold and you're going to run and it may end up being on Facebook. It may end up being how you talk to your vendors differently or who you're targeting for referral partners or how you try and get referrals from your current customers. But a lot of these learnings, I think will come through that. There's a great book. It's called Com Secrets it's by a man named Russell Brunson. And I'm pretty sure it's free or it's free plus shipping on his website, but it's a great introductory book to online marketing and how to do sales. And then there's one more book I'll recommend. It's called Utility by a guy named Jay Bear and Y-O-Utility talks about helping, not selling, especially for my product people I'm talking to right now. Sales is such a dirty word. You're like, oh, sales guy, you're like sleazy guy coming in with a slick back hair, you know, going to sell me some stuff I don't need and steal my money and wallet. And for me, it really flipped it on its head. Like I was a really bad door-to-door solar panel sales guy because I didn't believe in the product. I didn't like it. I was pretty bad. Then I worked for Nike when I was in high school and I sold shoes. I made $0 in commission. And I freaking rocked that job because I thought if you left there without a pair of Nikes, you were a knucklehead. And I helped you. And I said, what kind of where you run? What kind? How? Where? What? Let me get you in these. No, you need this because of this because of this. And I was the best sales guy. But really, I was helping people. And uh, this book really breaks that down. It's really social media marketing, customer service. I think it's the best sales book on the whole planet because I think when you're helping others is when you're the best. You're coming from the best frame to be the best salesperson when you're able to help problem solve around their life and how your solution helps that. Right, Startup Nation, Anthony drops so much for you here. Make sure you go and click replay and play this back. Have your pen and paper out, take notes. There is a piece of wisdom that he gave to you that is exactly what you've been looking for and asking for right now in your business. There's a strategy, there's a tip, there's a hack, there's a book, there's a resource, something in this episode for you. So make sure you go get it. Don't pass this by. All right. So we're speaking with Anthony uh, Sarandria. Uh, you can find him at pocketyourdollars.com. He's doing over 40 million a year. Uh, he's a young entrepreneur. And Anthony, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the hustle round. I'm oh. going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about yeah. three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready? Ready, brother. Let's go. What's your favorite thing about being out on your own, taking the risk, being an entrepreneur? Being able to uh, control my own schedule in my day. Yeah, for sure. What's your least favorite thing? Um, the weight of my team, family, friends, and employees making sure that they're that are the doubt that they, they I might not be able to provide for them to eat if if uh, if the business doesn't continue to do well. Yeah, I got that. I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. It's just part of the human condition. What are you currently struggling with right now, either personally or professionally? Yeah, a lot of the stuff I talked about here, which was just getting caught not prioritizing my day properly. So. Uh, yeah, le- leading to a lot, a lot of headaches, some you know, bad mental or, or emotional states as well, too. Prioritizing things that are the squeaky wheel, not necessarily the right thing I should be working on. For sure. What are you most afraid of? Uh, fear. And I know that sounds funny. I'm most afraid of fear. I'm most afraid of being afraid of something um, because it, it, it's, yeah, it scares the, you know, what out of me to not want to conquer or run at something. So losing, I would say losing my mindset or my mind is, is, the, is the biggest fear of me. Is that why you put so much positive in every single day so that you never faced with fear like that? Potentially. Yeah. I think that's, that's a very fair point. Very yeah, fair. I got out. it. What did you spend way too much time doing this past year? Um, trying to clear out my email inbox again, it comes back to that prioritization, clear out my email inbox, not 
you know, not, not let it pile up and, and, uh, and focus on the things that, that I should be focusing on more. So yeah, for sure. What, what secret fear do you have about people? Secret fear I have about people. Oh man. Um, I got real people, questions, bro. I, no, it's good that they don't see, this is actually real. This isn't just a, a BS answer. They don't see in themselves what our creator put them on this planet to be. So they, they don't believe that they, they are worthy of the potential that all of us were gifted with the, was it one in 5 trillion chance of being birthed? There's a reason you were chosen to be on this planet. And it scares the heck out of me that people will die not realizing what their potential was. So well said. What do you wish you had learned sooner in business? That there's a equal balance to mentor and mentee relationship. So I thought early on in my business, I was a leech for mentors and I didn't realize the amount of value in the flip that the mentor was getting out of me, you know, mentoring someone, there's an intrinsic value. I, I've, I've found for myself, after you make a certain amount of money, you, you get like, this was probably my favorite part of today is me talking to you right now. And I, I even hate that you even referenced the company name. I wish it was just anthonyscrandry.com because I don't care if anybody works, but like, if I get a dollar out of it, like this, but this is probably my favorite part of my day. So realizing that any mentor that I was talking to was actually probably getting more value out of it than I was. I was getting more tactical business advice. They were getting more intrinsic value, which is infinitely more rich than more money that I'd be able to make in my business. I agree with you. Giving back is, uh, has its own rewards for sure. What's yes. a new habit you want to create? New habit I want to create. I am, I just had knee surgery. I'm training for a triathlon. So it's biking 10 miles a day. I started that four days ago. <laughs> you are hardcore, my friend. God bless you. What's a bad habit you want to break? Bad habit I want to break. Uh, spending too much time on my phone. Yeah. Pick not, not even for work, for work things, like not even they're productive things, but it's improductive in my day. Too much time on my phone. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Who I am now faithful, grateful, and healthy. Nice. Pick three words to describe who you were before uh, you step back, assessed your life, and uh, prioritized. Yeah. Uh, overworked, um, undirected. Um, and I would say, got me stumped on this one. I was going to say like, it's not one word, but it's like almost like lying to myself, like almost like falsely optimistic where I was like, you know, I was working really hard. So I felt really good about myself and it was, it was silly. I was losing everything around me in the process, but I, it was this, you know, per perpetual lie of just like how great things are, even though there were things falling apart on the side. Yeah. How many people could relate to that? And last question, Anthony, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about everything, what would you say to them? I would say God does not put a single thought in your brain that he did not mean for you to come to life, a single dream that he did not have the intention for you to come to life or it would have never came in. I've never dreamed about being a ballerina. I don't believe God wants me to be a ballerina. I've dreamed about running a publicly traded billion dollar company that helps change the world. I believe that that's what I was put on this planet to help do. Fantastic. Any final wisdom? What's the, the one thing you want my listener to know about making their first six or seven figures this year? Uh, last, last final thing of wisdom is I, I love this exercise where I step into my future self and look back and laugh at the thing. So I've got this idea of whatever's crazy scary for me today and, and, and busy or, 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 or like tough on me. I know I'm going to laugh out at it in six months or a year or anything like that. So I hope what feels so microscopically difficult at hundred K when you're at a million, 10 million, if this is where your path takes you 50 million, you are going to, I'm laughing at the things that I thought was stressful then, not because things are more stressful now, but just because of how, how clear the answer was then. And I, and I try and do that today again with that billion dollar example, anything that's, that's bothersome at this stage in life, 
I try and say, well, when I'm running a company at this size, how laughable is it going to be that our Facebook ad account went down? You know what I mean? And, and, and it is laughable. So I hope you take that same approach with just the, 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 the understanding of the magnitude of the quote unquote problems you're, you're having today. It's, it's your tuition to, you know, school of life to be able to get where you want to be. Anthony Sarandria, how does Startup Nation get in touch with you? What do you got for them? Yeah, guys, I'm, I'm super active on Instagram, Anthony Sarandria. Um, you can Google my name to my website. I, I get to every single person who shoots me a question. It might take me a few days, but that's my promise. Anytime I do these podcasts, if you have any questions or anything I can help with, please reach out and I, you will get a response from me. Again, it might be a little delayed, but you will definitely get a response from me. If I don't know the answer, hopefully I can point you in the right direction to someone who will. So yeah, Instagram or, or just my website, it's just my name. Anthony, thank you for being on your first 100K. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. Thank you, brother. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on of bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.